It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast for uh, my uh, my co-host, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schlereth, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Uh, download the app, check them out at betrivers.com. Also, my guys at Dude Wise, dudeproducts.com slash uh, stink15. Use the promo code stink15, get 15% off of all your Dude White products. Uh, you're absolutely going to love it. Uh, clean butt's a happy butt. Uh, I, I firmly believe in that. You can also find us at uh, stinkinggood.com as well. Um, order your order your green chili. Order your queso dip. Stinkinggood.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? Uh, you know, speaking, uh, I'm looking forward to all the prop bets for the uh, for the Super Bowl. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, let, I, me, I, I, let, let me ask gonna you I'm going to go this. big on those. I'm going to have a lot of fun with those. Okay, let year. me ask you this. MVP cuz everybody knows, everybody knows, right? It's the it's the, you know, quarterbacks that that have the best chances. Uh Stafford has the best chance to win Correct. the MVP. I think Burrow is the second best chance to win the MVP. So, do you know who the last running back to win a Super Bowl MVP was? Oh, was it Was it Marcus Allen? No. I don't know. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on. I do know. I should know. Shame on me. Yeah, shame on Terrell you. Davis. Yeah, Terrell yeah. Davis. Ably assisted by uh, 19, the blocking of Mark Schler. Yeah, 1998. It's 97 season, 98 Super Bowl. Last running back to win a Super Bowl MVP. Um, so, I mean, just right off the bat, who like you speak your prop bets. Okay, you can't take a quarterback. Like, where where if would you go? couldn't take a quarterback. can't take a quarterback, who are you going to take? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is, I think, I think Cooper Cup is third. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. I got, I've got, I can't imagine. I I mean, I would love to give a salute to a defensive player like an Aaron Donald or, sure, you know, a Von Miller wrecking it. But, you know, it's just, it's just not the way, it's just not the way the game, it's not the way people perceive the game. It's just too easy to go with the offensive guy. So, unless it's a, Unless it's you know thirteen to three, like when the Patriots beat the Rams thirteen to three. Uh-huh. Who was the MVP of that game? When the Patriots beat the Rams thirteen to three, Edelman. Was it Edelman? I think it was I Julian think it was Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, you're right. So, um, all right, so here you go, but uh, again, Matthew. Stafford. But in a game in which they held him to three points, uh-huh. it right. was an offensive guy. Yeah. All right, here you go, Matthew Stafford plus one hundred, Joe Burrow plus two twenty five, Cooper Cup. Plus six hundred. These are all brought to you by our friends at Bet Rivers. Aaron Donald plus sixteen hundred. Jamar Chase plus eighteen hundred. Odell Beckham Jr. plus twenty eight hundred. Cam Akers plus yeah. Now, now you're getting into yeah long, long, long shots. What was Cooper Cup? Plus six hundred. And then the next closest was Donald at what? Plus sixteen. Yeah. See that. See, here's the thing though with Donald. The thing with Donald is you know how dominant the guy is. So couldn't you see him having two or three tackles for losses? Kind of a Vaughn Miller experience from, from Super Bowl 50. Right. Couple of sacks, like three sacks. One of them is a strip sack fumble that leads to a touchdown or whatever, right? And winning at a Super Bowl MVP. I could that, – that would be like – Well, Vaughn a, did it. Yeah, if I was going to put my money – on one guy. Now, now let's face it. 
Um, Devin White should have been the Super Bowl MVP last year. But Tom Brady is beautiful. And you know what? When you're that gorgeous, it's hard. <laughs> so I think this is the first time you've ever called him gorgeous, by yeah, the way. Yeah, when you're that gorgeous, it's hard for anybody to take your eyes off of you. So, I mean, I'm not blaming I'm not blaming the voters. They got mesmerized yeah. by the beautiful eyes and the swell cleft in the chin and what they were helpless. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time, Mike. <laughs> That's true. It's a tale, tale as old as time. Old as time. The beauty catches your eye. <laughs> the next thing you know, but you're uh, casting your vote for Brady. But Donald, it, it makes sense because fresh in our memories, mm-hmm. the Bengals gave up six sacks or nine sacks in a, in a playoff win over Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They gave up nine sacks. So if the potential is there for L.A.'s defensive line to wreak that kind of havoc, and it's clearly the story of the game, and Aaron Donald is having a game-wrecking type performance, then sure. Right. Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, I could— I I think I might throw a couple down on Aaron Donald. I definitely could see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? Throw a couple bucks down on Aaron? I mean, that'd be—you bet 100, you get 1,600, right? Plus 16? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't live in that neighborhood, but uh, I might maybe at a smaller level. Like $10? Yeah, like 10 bucks, five and that bucks. Would be, you, uh, two yeah, bucks. Like 160 bucks. <laughs> you know, right? Something like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'll do a lot. Like, I think my, my strategy is I'm going to probably just, like, I'll probably have like 12 prop bets that I'll. Get involved in just to just not, just but not see. a lot. Just to have just you know, just right. have some some extra. Have some quote unquote skin in the yeah, game. Exactly, just something a little extra to I watch. Kinda and like, I kind of like the way. It, so. All right, so it it's it's uh it's I think it's plus four still. L A plus four. L A minus four. That's uh, that's what I meant. Minus I'm sorry. Four, what did yeah. I say? Plus four. Yeah. L A minus. L A is the favorite. Should they right. be the favorite? Yeah, well, they should. Of course, they should. Are they be the, the better team? Uh, yeah. I think they're the. I think they're the better team. Why are they the better team? Now it's uh it's minus four and a half. Um well I think I think that if you look at generational players, you defensively they have Aaron Donald, they have Vaughn Miller, they have Ramsey. I think Leonard Floyd's a phenomenal player. I mean, they've got that I just mentioned four guys off the top of my head that are generational type players. Leonard Floyd probably not in that same category, but he's still a damn good player. Um you don't really have – I mean, although Cincinnati's sneaky good on the defensive side. Trey Hendrickson's a damn good football player. Uh, what's the guy's name? Hubbard on the other side is a good football player. DJ Reader was one of the most coveted free agents in football. He's a damn good football player. I love the – is it the Wilson kid from Wyoming in yep. the middle linebacker position? Yep. Dude is the, – the dude's playing lights out. Now, I think, you know, you could argue the cornerback position for Cincinnati is a little bit suspect, right? Like – They've got some guys that were cast offs other places, like Eli Apple is, you know, is is playing for them. I mean, they had a they had a code red in the Giants locker room back in the day for Eli Apple. Like they had to have protection for Eli Apple in that locker room. <laughs> like I'm not kidding you. I'm, like I'm not. I'm like literally not kidding. Like, what do you mean protection for Eli Apple? Like everybody wanted to beat him up, so they had to have him protected during. Really, was that bad? Yeah, it was like like I mean. Maybe there's a little bit of hyperbole in that story, but I don't think there was a lot. I talked to one of their coaches at the time that was I was doing a game late in the season. They were like, 
Dude, this is the most dysfunctional situation I have ever been involved in. Because he was such a bad player, or why? His mother was involved I, in stuff, I, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah you know, Annie Apple was. Yeah, and it was. I don't. I don't know exact. I don't know all the details. Now he's rectified it. I mean, he was, you know, a first round bust for them, but he played. He played in New Orleans for a while, right? Was a pretty good player. He's. I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that. That's probably like if you were going, if we went, well, we could do it. I mean, we could go, we could go position by position, Mike, and say, you know, give a confidence, give we'll a comp, tell the comp, tape, little tell the tape confidence picks. Okay, All right, let's do it. Let's uh, let's just start. Uh, well, let's start defensively. Let's start defensive backfields. I think defensive backfields, like I think all things being equal, Jalen Ramsey puts you over the top. Jalen Ramsey's a guy. And, you know, I've done several Rams games. When you watch Jalen Ramsey, one, he's a lockdown dude, has zero fear. Zero fear of being out there on the island. Zero fear of making a mistake. He's got great instincts. Um, He'll give up some plays, simply on aggressive, but he's going to make a bunch of plays. He said earlier in the week he wants Jamar Chase. Will Sean McVay give it to him? There will be times that he'll be locked up on Jamar, no question about it. But not all game? Uh, it just depends. Like when you start to look at what they do, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's a puzzle piece. Jalen Ramsey's a guy that depending on what they want to play. Um, so he'll play outside. He'll lock down outside. So he can lock down your X receiver, wherever he'll play nickel. So he can play in the slot. He'll play dime. Um, they use him as a, a, an incredible matchup feature piece. So he's, he's great. So he puts that secondary of of L.A. over the top. Even though you went out and got, you know, Eric Weddle off the street, who's a still a Dan. He's a Eric Weddle's a great player. I mean, he's been a great player for a long time. But to come off the street and like, oh yeah, you're playing. I mean, what a cool story. So uh, good for Eric. But uh, yeah, I'll give that to the I'll give that to the Rams. How about the front seven of both teams defensively. Tail of the tape. Front seven is there's no question, and I think Cincinnati's got a good front seven. Don't get me wrong, but I think when you're talking about the best player in football and Aaron Donald, and you're talking about Vaughn Miller, where you don't have to like you got a double team ninety nine, so number forty is going to get some singles. Like I, I just think that puts them so over the top. Here's the thing about Aaron Donald, like if you talk about the chasm. The, just the cavernous gap between Aaron Donald and the next best defensive tackle. That's a bigger or wider gap than any other position in football. So I can put Aaron Rodgers up there and say, okay, if he's my best quarterback, how far is the gap between him and Mahomes? Well, it's not that big, right? If at all. And I can do that for any position. I can say, hey, man, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. How big is the gap? Well, it's not really like it's not really that wide a chasm. Uh, you know, you can go uh, you know, Devontae Adams versus whoever the next guy is, right? And you can go across the board, left tackles, guards, center, like across the board. There's Aaron Donald, and you can't see the number two defensive tackle from where Aaron Donald stands right now. So that would put them over the top in the tail of the tape. All right. So offensively, um, since we're talking inside out, offensive lines. No question it's the Rams. I mean, it's not, and that's not close. The Rams are far better. And, like, I don't think the Rams are the most dominant group, but I don't think there's any question the Rams are far better than so Cincinnati. we just brought up 
okay, mm-hmm. how good the Rams are defensively front seven and how much at a disadvantage the offensive line is for Cincinnati. We referenced the nine sacks against um, against Tennessee. They did a much better job against Kansas City. So how do you, if you're if you're Cincinnati, if you're Zach Taylor, you're Brian Callahan, how do you cover up what seems to be a huge mismatch? That front seven of the Rams versus your offensive line in Cincy. How do you cover it up? Are, am I the only one that once I hear Callahan, I can't stand. I can't stop and go Callahan Otto. Like I, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever I bring up Bryce Callahan of the Broncos, Brian Callahan, folks, I get the same reaction. Callahan. He gets this little boy grin on his face, and he's like Callahan Otto. <laughs> Come on down to Callahan Otto. <laughs> we make working parts for the American working man, <laughs> or whatever, whatever the tagline is. I don't, I don't know, but I am, I am a, uh, you're I such am a child. child. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know football, what? Football, football, yeah, football. Yeah, it really comes down to, Mike, everybody wants to just point because it's low-hanging fruit and it's easy. Everybody wants to point to the offensive line. You give up nine sacks in a game, you suck as a coordinator, as a play caller. You suck. Like, you have put your guys in a position to lose, and you've done nothing about it. Like, you're like, hey, got to hold up. No, mm-mm, that's not how it works. And you've seen some adjust- you saw some adjustments. They gave up one sack in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, so what did they do differently? They should have. They probably should have given up quite a few more, and Joe Burrow is just all balls, and he was able to escape four, five, six sacks. But um, but the bottom line is they're a team, when you watch Zach Taylor call an offense, man, he wants to be open. He wants to be an empty, meaning no backs, and spread. So three-by-two formations, four-by-one formations. He wants everybody out. He wants to motion the back out of the backfield. Like, he wants to be wide open. Now, sometimes, Mike, there's there's a principle or there's a, a purpose behind that. Um, and a lot of times when you spread people out, you, make, you, you distribute the defensive players because you've got to be distributed evenly, right, or equally. But you really make it easy – for a quarterback to know kind of who's coming, who's not coming. So, which is which is great. So, I've talked to Ben Roethlisberger about this. He goes, I love to play out of spread because it makes it really easy for me to go to re- redesignate the mic, you know. So, you go, hey, 54 is a mic, 54 is a mic. And all of a sudden, you see a guy that looks like he's coming off the slot. And you see a mic sitting on his heels. And he's going to go, and go, no, 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 37 is a mic, 37 is a mic. And you change the protection. Everybody slides that way. You pick it up. And, you know, and, and he gets a matchup on a – tight end or a slot receiver with a mic trying to run down the middle of the football field with him, right? And you go, whoop, seam route, bam, 37 yards, you know, touchdown type of thing. And so it makes it easy to to do that. But if your guys can't stand up in front and, you know, you're getting five one-on-ones and, and the dudes can't hold up um, or your backside guard who's singled up can't hold up, then you, you can't get time to throw the football. So sometimes – you know, sometimes it's important to have to have the ability to change things up, to use an extra back in the backfield, to use a tight end in on protection. You know, like all those things are important, and you've got to mix those things up. The other thing you have to be able to do as a play caller is you can't ask your guys to just sit back and pass protect 35 times a game. you got to give them an opportunity to be the aggressor up front. 
So three-step drops, five-step drops that have zero hitches. Make sure that you can attack the line of scrimmage. These are things that have to be done. If you don't get those things done and you just sit back and think you're going to hold up, you're going to ask your guys like, hey, man, just hold up on this. I always say this. You know, I've said it during broadcasts. You know, don't put your guys in a position to lose and then act surprised when they get their ass kicked, right? I mean, you're the one that put them in that position. So this is going to be this is going to be coaching, and some of it's running the ball, but some of it's just how quickly you get rid of out of the football. How you know how you create uh, from an offensive standpoint. That's going to be what they have to do. But there's no question right now, Mike. Getting back to the topic at hand is up front. The Rams are better than the Bengals. Continuing the tale of the tape, let's just uh, let's talk about tight ends, where both starting tight ends desperately want to play, mm-hmm. but will be less than 100%. C.J. Azuma for the Bengals and Tyler Higby for the Rams. Uh, who's going to have the harder time replacing their tight end that, if they can't go? Right, that's a great question. I, Higby's one of those guys to me that you know that gets a lot of leftovers, right? Because he's one of the dudes that – it's kind of the old uh, Bill Belichick. When I talked to Bill Belichick this year, we were just reminiscing, telling stories about my days in Washington, his days as a D coordinator in uh, in New York with the Giants. And the first thing he sits down at the table, he just looks at me. Like, we make the niceties, you know. Hi, Bill, Mark, good to see you. Good to see you, man. So he sits down, and he just looks at me. And there's a long, pregnant pause, and he says, man, we've had some epic, epic effing battle, right? I mean, he's just like, Battles. Then he goes on to tell a story about you know facing the uh, facing Washington at the time and how he was like we'll let we'll there's no way the the posse you know there's no way we're gonna let Art Monk Ricky Sanders and Gary Clark beat us so it's just gonna be a day we'll let Donnie Warren our tight end have as many catches as he wants doesn't matter to us you take them all right and it was it was just cool to listen to kind of how he strategizes right. those things. So Higby, I think Higby's a damn good player and he gets a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunity, but you know, I think if you're talking about the potential matchup issues, um I think his stuff is based out of how are we going to stop Odell Beckham Jr.? How are we going to stop, you know, Cooper Cup in the middle? We got to double team those guys. Uh Van Jefferson's a over the top dude. Like Higby's just going to get all the sloppy leftovers, right? Like scraps off a Longshanks table, he's getting those things right, and I think Uzama is a guy that they really set things up for more. He is a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more of a matchup problem. He's big, he's tall, he's athletic, he can run, and so you know whether it's a Sample or or Wilcox, I think, I think it all things being equal, if Higby is out and CJ uh, Uzama's out. Um, I think Uzama's a bigger. That's a bigger problem. Yeah, bigger problem for Cincinnati than Higby is for the Rams. All right, uh, wide receivers. Um, Two really good groups. Yeah, really, really strong groups. Right. Um. You know, I. I mean, I think these. I think they're pretty close to being a wash. I'll give the edge slightly to the Rams just because of what they do in the run game. So that, to me, is kind of the big difference is you watch 
what these guys do when it comes to stopping the run and um and you know or or that that stopping the run issue that every team tries to address and what the Rams receivers do in the run game. Like when you get Odell Beckham Jr. who's been a diva everywhere he's gone, committing to actually hitting people. And I did a game late and was watching Odell. I mean, he's throwing blocks on screens. Like he's mixing it up with people. Like he, he he's got no fear, Mike. And that's a testament to the group that he's playing with, the group that he's playing for, and the coach that he's playing for in Eric Yarber. Um, and so I, I have a lot of respect for what they've been able to accomplish there. And then there's no one better in the NFL than Cooper Cup when it comes to blocking at the point of attack as a wide receiver. And the thing that makes him unique, and I've had long conversations with Sean uh, McVay about this, is that you have to, as a defense, make a decision when it comes to the personnel group and how you're gonna how you're gonna match that personnel group. So when you're in three wide, so you got Odell Beckham probably being your X, you got Van Jefferson being your Z, and you got Cooper Cup being your emotion guy, your F receiver, right? So in the West Coast offense, that F can be it can be a wide receiver, it can be a fullback, it can be it can be, you know, a second tight end. It's your adjustment person. And so and normally you're looking at that as three wides, but their whole 12 personnel package run package is up when Cooper Cup is in. So they'll line him up in solo, and he'll be the back or the front side tight end in solo, meaning one tight end on each side, right? Or they'll motion him across the formation, line him up in west or east. Um, so there's a two tight end kind of bracket on that side. And they can run their wide zone stuff front side, back side with Cooper. So there's no tell. And so normally what ends up happening is you'll look at that as three wides, right? And so you'll match the three wides aspect to that. So you're going to play them in nickel. You're going to take out a linebacker, and you're going to put a extra DB in there. And for them, they're like, oh, good. Light box, we're going to eviscerate you because Cooper Cup is actually playing tight end right now so that's where I would give the edge and I think receiving skill wise with Boyd and Higgins and and uh, Jamar Chase I think receiver for receiver that's you know that's closer than mouse nuts man I mean that is that's right on it but I think the blocking aspect gives them an advantage in the run game and um and that's kind of where I would where I would go with that Joe Mixon versus Cam Akers slash Sony Michelle. Yeah, I would probably give Mixon the edge there for Cincinnati, but I wouldn't I like. But you I, like the Rams run scheme. I like the Rams run scheme, and the other thing is, look what the look what the Niners did, or look what the the Rams did to the Niners. Like they absolutely ramped it up and shut down the run game of the 49ers, and that was where. Let's face it, that's where the 49ers have always, always been able to play well and seem to have an advantage over um, over the Rams. They, that's where they've dominated. Samuel in that game had 7 for 26, 3.7 yards a carry. Elijah Mitchell had 11 for 20, 1.8 yards yeah, per carry. Bottled him up. I mean, they, they 
crushed them. So I like the back in Cincinnati probably a little bit better than Cam Akers. And and I love what Cam Akers has done, but he's still off the injury in Sonny Michelle. But I love the scheme, and I love the matchup to favor the the Rams over the the Bengals. But it's one thing to shut down San Francisco's run game because maybe you don't – Fear that Jimmy Garoppolo will really burn you for right. it. Yeah. But you can't have the same thought with Joe Burrow. No. Burrow and Stafford. Tail of the tape. Here we go. You know, you know of my love for Matthew Stafford. It knows no bounds. Yeah. It's almost Brady esque. If he was just better looking, <laughs> if he was a little bit better looking and a little bit more judicious with the football. Uh huh. Because, you know, my man. Does not fear throwing it into a team meeting. So, um, I love Stafford. I think Stafford, and I've been saying it forever, is an elite level quarterback. I think Joe Burrow's a better. A, I think he's better. So, tail the tape wise, man, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the that one position, which is the most important position, Mike, to uh, Burrow. Ultimately, what about, what about coaching staffs? All right. What, what do you think? I you, There's a reason why everybody wants somebody from the Sean McVay staff. Right. The Oda McVay that we joke about. And Zach Taylor from that, you he know, is. from that tree. And, you know, I think back to when Sean McVay coached in the Super Bowl a few years ago and against Bill Belichick, and it was like, gee, Bill, gee, Bill, you're awesome, Bill. Yeah. Not a good look for Sean Dude, McVay. It was like he was on Bill's shoulders. Like, man, oh, man, you look tight before the game. Let me rub your shoulders, yeah. Bill. It was I bad. think Sean McVay has look. learned a lot from that, yeah. and he'll be much better prepared. I agree. And I'm I'm, I'm wondering if, if Zach Taylor might have a little bit of that uh, look around, wonderlust uh, thing going on. So mm-hmm. I'd probably go with the Rams staff. Which brings us to who you like. Give me a score. Give me a pick. Uh, I like I like the Rams. I like the two matchups I told you about. I like the scheme, the run scheme, the play action that comes off of that, the Rams versus Cincinnati. So I like that. And then I love the, the defensive matchup. I love Aaron Donald inside. I love Vaughn Miller off the edge. I, I just think that defensive matchup and the – the amount of pressure you'll put Joe Burrow under. Because Joe Burrow was under duress a ton against Kansas City. They just couldn't bring him to the ground. He scrambled around for a couple of first downs. He threw it for a couple of first downs. I think ultimately the unrelenting pressure of Aaron Donald um, and and the rest of that defensive front get to Burrow, create you know three and outs, create a turnover or two. Uh, I think they I think they win this, and I think it's I think it's a good game. But I think in the end, it's a four and a half is the line. Yeah, I think it's in the end, it's a seven to ten point victory for the Rams. That's kind of the direction I'm going in. Um, I would love to make the case for the Bengals. I really would. Mm-hmm. And I suppose they could keep it close. And if you're just looking at the number, they could keep it within four. Avoid the hook. Yeah. But I just think, you know, when you when you got to make a pick. Just, who just seems to be the better team, the more complete team. Right. And it seems to be the Rams. Should be. Let, let's hope it's a great game. I will say this about, about the Bengals. Dude, the Bengals are playing on house money. And there's a certain freedom, and I've been there, where nobody expects you, nobody really. Yeah, but you guys were a 
two-touchdown underdog against Green Bay. These guys are only a—I mean, they're an underdog, but it, there's only so much of a nobody-believes-on-us chip that you can put on your shoulder, right? Oh, I don't know. I think you can put a huge one on I mean, Can you? And plus, it's, it's Cincinnati. True. We're in, they L.A. Had, they hadn't We're in L.A. Won, yeah, they hadn't won a game, a playoff game since 91. I mean, it like there's there there his like the history of of, of the bank. Yeah, so yeah, why not? Why not? I don't know. I think it's I think it's going to be well, absolutely enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, why wouldn't relax? You? Enjoy have it. Have fun. Eat a lot of food. Don't right. worry about it. Smother your entire everything. Every like people come in, just pour a tub of green chili over their head. Exactly. Yeah. I'll probably I'll probably eat it like soup. I don't know why you wouldn't. Right. I don't know why just you wouldn't. With a straw. Just have some dude wipes in the bathroom. <laughs> You're right about that. All right, brother. Good to be good to be with you. Thank you yep. everybody for listening to us.